Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley. Scripture reading this morning is Psalm 147, and it's on page 859 in your hymnal. It will be read responsively, and we will start out with a sung response. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. A song of praise is fitting. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Great is our Lord and abundant in power whose understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden, but the cast of the wicked to the ground. Praise the Lord who reigns above. Alleluia. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Who covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow upon the hills. The Lord gives to the beasts their food, and to the young ravens their crops. The Lord makes, takes no delight in the might of a horse, nor pleasure in the strength of a runner. O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion. <clears throat> Makes peace in your borders, fills you with the finest wheat. The Lord gives snow like wool, scatters hoarfrost like ashes. 
The Lord sends forth the word and melts them, makes the wind blow and the waters flow. The Lord has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know God's ordinances. Praise the Lord, who reigns above. In a surprising move this week, the sports conglomerate Nike selected former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick as one of the faces of its 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign. It was surprising because Kaepernick, as I'm sure many of you are well aware, has been at the center of a national controversy that pits honoring the service of those in the military and the American flag against the rights and just treatment of black and brown persons in the United States. That, of course, is a false binary. There's no, there's no reason that service in the military precludes justice for persons of color in this country. Serving in our military is, in my opinion, a sacrifice. One gives up control over one's life upon entering the military, and everyone uh, I have ever met in giving up this control and in, in not deciding what tasks they will fulfill and ultimately in put, putting their own lives in jeopardy, everyone I've ever met who's made this choice has done so to protect and uphold the ideals of this nation that promise freedom of speech freedom of assembly, and liberty and justice for all in a system that protects citizens from bias and violence. Justice and freedom for black and brown persons is, of course, a dimension of that promise. We know, as reported in the Washington Post and other publications, that African Americans and Latino Americans are disproportionately policed and fatally shot by law enforcement in this country. Many of you know that in my last position as executive director of the Fellowship of Reconciliation, a key priority of our work was rapid response to police shootings of persons of color. There has been a clear national movement since 2014 to shift this reality of bias in policing, but people continue to be shot and to be shot fatally. Colin Kaepernick doesn't want this to happen anymore, and neither do I, and neither, I believe, do any of you. So Kaepernick began taking a knee during the national anthem at NFL games to draw attention to this problem, and it is more than a problem. It is a tragedy and it is a national shame. Nike's decision to feature Colin Kaepernick made clear that Nike also doesn't want this to happen anymore. Nike doesn't want persons of color to experience any more violence or discrimination at the hands of the state either. 
there has been an outcry against Copernic and taking a knee during the national anthem based on concerns about the appropriateness of the venue or the moment and a questioning of whether African Americans and Latino Americans really experience biased policing, whether this is really happening or not. And so this is why Nike's decision was surprising. Corporations often act in the interest of their bottom line first and consider justice second. Stepping into this controversy was surprising because we don't typically expect a corporation to make a clear stand for justice. Well, in a swift and loud response that followed Nike's decision, there have been critics on all sides. Critics who never supported Copernic's right to express himself in the first place or the plea for justice that he was making. And cynics who say that Nike made a business decision. They refuse to be surprised. Our capacity to be open to surprise and then to see the good and hold wonder is actually a critical component of our faith. It's a critical component of our faith and it's a critical component of our capacity to be faithful. As humans living today in a world, a nation, and a news cycle that can bear down on us with bad news, the willingness to be open to the surprise of goodness or courage or hope showing up unexpectedly is the way to break into that cycle of bad news. It's a way to put aside criticism and cynicism and accept that we have a God who is not like us, only more so, but that we are like God, only infinitesimally less so. We actually aren't God. To be able to be surprised is to acknowledge with humility that in spite of evidence to the contrary, the benevolent force with power beyond our imaginings is at work. Faith is when we lean into this force that is pulling the world and our existence toward good and justice, give over to it and become one with it. When our surprise doesn't give way to inspiration at an act of courage or appreciation at an expression of altruism, we are deep in disconnection from the source of life. It's interesting to me that Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, the Jewish theologian of whom I spoke last week, was so able to beautifully articulate this necessary dimension of surprise and wonder when his own story could have so easily led to cynicism and despair. Heschel was born in Poland in 1907, a descendant of a long line of Hasidic Jewish rabbis. 
He moved to Germany as a young man and began to study under the leading Jewish thinkers of the day. He writes of this time as a, a time of rich relationship and the joy of the academic enterprise. But in October of 1938, he was deported by the Gestapo to Warsaw. And six months before the invasion of Poland by the Nazis, he was forced to escape to the United States by way of London. His mother and three sisters died in the Holocaust, leaving him nearly without family. And yet, a core teaching of Heschel's was that we should live our lives always exercising our capacity to be surprised and to wonder. He writes, our goal should be to live life in radical amazement. Get up in the morning and look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually. To be spiritual is to be amazed. Yesterday, thousands, including a contingent from Epworth, led by Al Kufner and Ma'an Barcelo, raised their voices and moved their bodies, prayed with their feet on behalf of our climate in the March for Climate, Jobs, and Justice in San Francisco. At the same time that we act to protect the earth, we can stand in radical amazement of our place in this creation, remembering that we are stardust, and to stardust we shall return. We can stand in radical amazement of the buds and blooms that flower, even in inhospitable climates, and of all signs of creation that hint that our partner in seeking health for the earth is a power beyond our imaginings. As civilization advances, Heschel writes, the sense of wonder declines. Such decline is an alarming symptom of our state of mind. The beginning of our happiness lies in the understanding that life without wonder is not worth living. Well, that sounds good, you may be thinking. I want to get up in the morning and to live in radical amazement. Of course, that sounds great. But there's something that holds us back. And I believe that what is often fueling this holding back of wonder and awe is a belief that we know better, that we've seen it all before, that we're too sophisticated to be truly amazed or surprised by anything. We've been there, we've done that, we've seen how it turned out. Gretchen Rubin is one of my favorite authors. She's the writer of The, the Happiness Project and she has a podcast um, based on The Happiness Project. She's a, she's a native of Kansas City like I am and she moved to New York and realized that in spite of everything that was wonderful about her life, she wasn't happy. And so she embarked on this investigation to understand what was behind that. And in her book, The Happiness Project, in uh, the chapter entitled, Contemplate the Heavens, she writes, of course it's cooler not to be happy, 
not to be amazed. There's a goofiness in happiness, an innocence, a readiness to be pleased. Zest and enthusiasm take energy, humility, and engagement. Taking refuge in irony, exercising destructive criticism, or assuming an air of philosophical ennui is less, less taxing. Also, irony and world weariness allow people a level of detachment from their choices. It's risky to be willing to be amazed, and it takes energy. When we are willing to be amazed, we also must put aside the excuses for why we cannot live with openness or equanimity or hope, and then we have to move forward in intentionality. Our scripture today from Psalm 147, which is one of the last six psalms in the book of Psalms, in the Psalter, is, is known as one of the Hallelujah Psalms. These are the, the psalms that are songs of abundant exclamations of praise to the Lord. In Jewish liturgical tradition, these last six psalms are recited every day as part of what is known as the daily halal, a piece of the preliminary prayers of the morning synagogue service. These prayers establish the basic framework of worship as being rooted in creatureliness. We who worship are first and always God's handiwork, part and only part of God's creation. And it is within this basic context that we can ground our sense of awe, our sense of wonder and our surprise. Daily worship within the Jewish tradition begins by recalling this fundamental fact of life and our existence. This evening at sundown, the Jewish high holiday of Rosh Hashanah begins. For Jews, this marks the beginning of a new year. How beautiful and essential to ground the opening of a new year in wonder and in radical amazement. As Christians, we are part of this larger tradition, and though we as Christians have a different calendar, consciousness of the rhythms and meaning-making of our Jewish siblings is a way to more deeply understand our own tradition. On this day, then, let us prepare with our Jewish siblings to begin a new chapter and ground ourselves in wonder Hearing these words from Rabbi Heschel, what we lack is not a will to believe, but a will to wonder. And so I invite you now to close your eyes and to be open to newness and to the possibility of being surprised today by goodness, by altruism, by courage, by selflessness, by unwarranted gratitude, and by humility and to wonder as I share these words now from Jewish liturgist and poet Alden Solovey. When the mountains sing, when the seas dance, when a crescent moon glides the heavens, and the sun lifts day from night, 
when the rivers waltz to hymns of rain and the oceans drum on cliffs of stone, when the caper bush wakes and the wild iris blooms, remember this, it's not the wind that lifts the eagle, the eagle lifts the wind. You are the love that frees the baritone hills and the pirouette skies, a shaft of light to loose the crescendos of glory and the colors of awe, a heartbeat summoning the rhythm of wonder, a yearning to hear the pulse of God. When silence resounds with music, when darkness radiates light, when creation reaches up from the core of the earth, and eternity is a breeze from the edge of the universe, when the call to holiness shines brilliant in the breathless dawn, Remember this, it's not the prayer that lifts the blessing, the blessing lifts the prayer. <laughs>